Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. C.S. Lewis said, Do right. When you have done so, the rest lies with God. You know how it used to be years ago when we used to pass trays, collection plates, and all those sorts of things? You remember eons ago uh, when we used to care about what church attendance looked like, and that was what our faithfulness looked like, and that's how we could tell the preaching was good and, and everything was just right by the numbers of folks that were there? Well, that was vain, and thank God he struck that down through this um, through this disease that has plagued uh, this entire world for the past two years, where we no longer gauge the health of a church, and we should not, or the benefit, we might say, of our preaching to a large number of people. We might say, well, we got a big church, we must preach good, uh, folks keep coming, folks keep growing, yada, 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 the preaching must be just a humdinger. That is vain success. Remember that success in preaching is pleasing God, not reaching large numbers. A young man had just become a preacher of a large church, and a reception was given to him by his people. In one of the gossips, a woman with a dangerous tongue, she came up and she said, I do not understand how you dared attempt the task of pleasing 700 people. And quick as a flash, he he replied, I do not come to the city to please 700 people. I've only, I've only, I have to please only one And if I please him, all will be well. Pleasing God and trusting him with the results are words of wisdom that you and I need to live by as we preach. And even as those of you who are elders listening to this, I trust that you're not gauging uh, the success of the preacher by the number of people to whom he is preaching. Many preachers and teachers of God's word can grow discouraged if their churches or their Bible study groups or whatever it may be uh, steadily grow into what they think are healthily or, or healthy sized gatherings. It can be easy to think um, that we're not uh, we're not good preachers, we're not good teachers. Um, you know, we've been teaching for five, six years. Uh, for me myself, this will be my tenth year in preaching, and that there's only seventy five people attending here. I must not be that good of a preacher, or nobody calls on to me for uh, polishing the pulpit or summer series or whatever it may be. Those kind of thoughts that can come into the minds of a preacher who preaches in a small congregation are are not good. They're not good at all. And and this is a conclusion that many preachers and teachers have drawn, that, that they're not any count because they preach for these podunk churches out in the middle of nowhere and they preach to seven people. But the size of a congregation is not a reliable indicator as to whether or not a person is a solid, good, called to preach by God, uh, preacher or not. Some of the, uh, quote, word of faith teachers and preachers who espouse all kinds of heresy have have enormous churches. You know that as well as I do. Uh, The Mormon church is growing by leaps and bounds. You know, Jeremiah, he preached, bless his heart, for 40 years with with apparently only two converts, uh, Baruch his scribe and and Ebed-Melech, an Ethiopian eunuch who served the king. Noah preached for perhaps 120 years, we may think, Genesis 6 and 3, and only a few ended up coming into the ark with him. Success is not about reaching large numbers. Success in preaching is about faithfulness. Success is about preaching and pleasing the Lord. Paul said, we speak not as pleasing men, but God who, t- who tests our hearts, First Thessalonians 
2 and verse 4. Second uh, Corinthians 5, he wrote later, We have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Of Second Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, that was. And so that should be my ambition and your ambition in ministry is to be pleasing to him. Do that and leave the, the breadth of your impact, the numbers that you reach or don't reach, up to the Lord. Jesus said, I will build my church. So the growth of the church is his responsibility. And growing a church is not something that you've been called to do. So you just be pleasing to him and uh, and let the, let the chips fall where they may. Another note is realizing that you'll probably never feel like you have arrived as a preacher and as a teacher. And if you do, it's probably time to step down. Second Corinthians 12 and verse 9, My power is made perfect in weakness. Now, G. Campbell Morgan once said that, that as he made his way to the pulpit each Sunday, Isaiah 53, 7 repeatedly ran through his mind. Uh, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Preaching the Word of God to others is a humbling experience, and you have and I have. We, we, we found ourselves on numerous occasions before we step up to teach or step up to preach, you know, crying out to the Lord with with the same questions that, that Paul asked on one occasion, who is sufficient for these things, Second Corinthians 2.16. So let me assure you, and let me assure myself, if you feel insufficient to preach God's Word, uh, even after 10, 20, 30 years of preaching, on a consistent basis, do not panic. You will probably feel that way uh, for the rest of your life. We may feel insufficient because we know how great a task we have before us. Many men who have been preaching for you know 20 or more years still stare down at their notes uh, before they step up to the pulpit. Um, you know, there, there may be some that who have been preaching a long time, and, and I've heard people who've been preaching uh, who, are, who are now in their 50s and 60s and, and thinking, uh, this sermon is weak, or I'm weak, I'm not able to do this. And, you know, when they're done preaching, their assessment of the study doesn't always improve. Charles Spurgeon once said, it's a long time since I preached uh, a sermon that I was satisfied with. I scarcely recollect ever, ever having done so. It's not uncommon for veteran preachers to walk away from the pulpit feeling as though the word could have been taught better and that the Lord deserves better and that God's people need better. That's just a part of it. Feeling that way does not mean that God has has no no use for you concerning preaching and concerning teaching. Um, and I want to agree with what, what Spurgeon had to say. A sermon wept over is more acceptable with God than one gloried over. Um, let me read this other um, st- I guess, statement from Spurgeon, and it's another passage. He says, Every true minister will feel that he is deficient. He will compare himself with such men uh, as George Whitfield and others, with such preachers as those uh, of puritanical times. And he will say, What am I? Like a dwarf beside a giant, an anthill by the side of the mountain. When he retires to rest on the Sabbath night, he will toss from side to side on his bed because he feels that he has missed the mark, that he has not had the earnestness, the solemnity, uh, that death-like intenseness of purpose which become his position. He will accuse himself of not having dwelt enough on this point. 
or for having shunned the other, or not having been explicit enough on some certain subject, or expanded another too much. He will see his own faults, for God always chastises his own. That sense of deficiency, uh, brethren, as you consider yourself and your preaching is something that the Lord will use to keep you humble and dependent upon him. If God were to grace you with the confidence and the supreme preaching skills that you desire, they they would probably become a curse for you, uh, probably, undoubtedly, would be filled with pride. And as you know, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Remember the good old Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, all these things that he had been given, the visions and the revelations and all those things. Uh, the Lord providentially allowed Satan uh, to to enter his life as a thorn in the flesh and keep him humble. And so that's going to be the same thing uh, with me and with you. So I want to say just on those notes, um, don't don't feel like that your preaching is minuscule because you don't preach to a lot of folks or the, the brethren aren't back yet from COVID. Uh, chances are they may not ever come back. They may not. They may they this may be something that we have to face the rest of our days. Um, I remember when I sat down with our elders at Piedmont Road, when this first started, I said, I, I almost feel as though this is going to be our Rome and our purge, that those who wish to be a part of the body of Christ will fight tooth and nail to be back together and will covet the time that we have together. But those who are on the fringe, those who really aren't in love with their Lord, uh, will dissipate. They will go away. They'll go by the wayside and they'll... Um, they'll, they'll no longer um, have a need for the church, and, and they will just simply disappear. And, um, and sadly, that has happened. Uh, it's not about the mask, for the most part. It's never been about the mask. The mask was just something that, that just brought those things out. And um, it's sad that we're having to have those conversations, uh, but, but we are. So, so don't, don't gauge the healthiness of your church. Don't look to numbers. Um, by those ways, don't don't be about those things. Let let God's people be God's people, whatever size they are, and you be God's preacher wherever you are. Preach the word of God, love the word of God, love the brethren. Uh, it doesn't matter if there's twenty or two hundred. And 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 in reality, I remember my daddy always saying this as a kid, growing up. He said, he said, boys, he said, I'd rather I would um, I'd rather worship with ten faithful than a hundred unfaithful. There's a whole lot of truth in that. If you look out in the crowd as you preach to and as you worship with alongside and 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 you, you, you look at who you have in front of you, this is the cream of the crop. This is your Sunday night, Wednesday night crowd on Sunday morning now. Be thankful for them. Don't be looking to what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Uh, and pray for the weary. Pray for the hearing. Uh, reach them if you can. Uh, but don't, don't base your success off of the response of other people. Um, that's not our business. Concern yourself with the root of God and not the fruit of God. So may God bless you in your preaching and your teaching uh, to few or to many. It doesn't matter. Just preach the word.